Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Shares for Beginners quick tip. Essential Lessons. Questions Answered. I interviewed Rudy Philippic van Dyke this week and he kindly responded to my arm twisting to give us a few more moments to discuss the violent up and down movements this week on world markets. Apparently it's a lot to do with low volume and short covering. This interview was recorded on October 5th, last Wednesday, and I'm releasing this over the weekend. And that's after the US S&P 500 dropped on Friday by about 2.5%. That's on our late on our Friday night. Anyway, for those of you who believe that too much Rudy is barely enough, here's a little bit more. Rudy has um, kindly agreed to answer a question without notice. That's because and you're twisting my arm. I can't say no, no. <laughs> I'll buy you a drink later. It's okay. <laughs> um, what's really astonishing is the last couple of days on the share market mm. and in the US market. So when we're talking... Because we're recording today, it's the 5th of October, I believe, is it? Yeah. Yep, the 5th of October. So both world markets and the Australian market have just had huge, just enormous gains. Yes. And I just don't understand it. I mean, I think we're just looking down the barrel of a recession, you know, Vladimir might drop a bomb. Yeah. What's your opinion about these moves? Well, one, one, thing's, one thing I've learned over, over doing this for a few decades now is that and then you're definitely not the only one. I mean, um, journalists in general, and a lot of other people as well, they have difficulties with um, integrating uh, market positioning in how in how they analyze and, and describe the market. And, and in particular in the bear market, because I mean, I want to make this clear, we are in a bear market in 2022. And, and, I, and in my view, we were always going into a bear market because we had such a massive switch in, in central bank dynamics that would always have a, a severe impact on, on equities. It's always been about interest rates, hasn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and the best year, I mean, while everyone looks at, um, at 87 or um, 2000 or the 1930s or whatever they come up with, um, my comparison has always been 1994, which was the last year when uh, central bankers all of a sudden moved into tightening at the time. It was because of political pressure more than anything else. But nevertheless, the result is the same. At the end of that year, there was all the assets were negative. All the assets had returned a negative uh, return from gold to properties to bonds to equities. Is this the recession we had to have? Um, I don't know what, exactly when Australia had its recession. Was that 94? Was 92. It 92? Yeah, that's like like that. it was yeah. a little before that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so the answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in 94, the, the US went on, 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 a, mm. on, a, on a spree. And uh, all the assets that year uh, would, had a negative return. I mean, and that, that had always been my framework for this year. It doesn't mean it collapses by 50%, but it also means uh, gold, bonds, equities, properties, it all goes down. Right? And that's basically what, we, what we're seeing this year. Now, what you typically see in the bear market also is that uh, volume really shrinks a lot. And on low volume, you can get really crazy moves. And, and that's being um, 
exaggerated by the fact that what people also do in, 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 uh, in bear markets, they take a lot of short positions. And in particular, the professionals do this, or hedge funds do this. So they want to they wanna be either hedged to the downside or they want to profit when, when, when share prices fall. The problem with that is that sometimes there, there is an event that happens. Um, one, usually it happens when, um, on a technical basis, markets are oversold. And then something happens that reverses the negative sentiment. And what we've seen this week, for example, is the RBA basically gave that trigger. And it's given a trigger to world markets. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, which is astonishing. Yes, you know, so so everyone Australia is so not putting yes, up their interest and so rates. Now, and no one else will. It's because also um, there is that human inclination to always hope that share prices will go up tomorrow. And there's, there's a whole class of, of traders out there they're constantly banking on the fact it'll go up. If not today, it'll go up tomorrow. If not tomorrow, it goes up the next day. So from the moment when there is an opportunity, and then the shorters have to cover their shorts, and for those people who um, who are not familiar with that, is that if you take a short position, then you're positioned for share prices to fall. But if that doesn't happen, or if it goes up, then you then you basically start buying shares to cover your short position. So there's a lot Which of... Which drives the... There's, there's a big momentum all of yeah. a sudden that shoots upwards. There's a, there's a great explanation of it. Have you seen the GameStop uh, d- d- no, documentary I haven't seen it yet. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but, yeah. but I've no doubt that yeah. it's... Yes. They explain that very so fully. If you, yeah. So if you combine the fact that, that markets are oversold, that there's a class of investors out there that needs to buy shares, forcefully so, because they have to cover their short positions, Plus, of course, the usual algorithms and, 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 and day traders. On low volume, that's when you get, and that's why a bear market is, is, is apart from the fact that it's, it's terrible to the, to the mindset of investors who, uh, who see their uh, portfolio eroding over time, it also has these fierce rallies to the, to the upside. And, and this is the reason why. Right? The irony is that... Um, if, if, if only one person buys a stock, it goes up. Mm-hmm. So on low volume, I mean, it just goes up. It doesn't need, the share market doesn't need volume. Right? Well, in the housing market, you only need one buyer. But in the share market, uh, in particular in bear markets, I mean, low volume means a few buyers can, can, can do set, a lot. Set the yes, price, yeah. can do a lot. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need many more sellers to get the share price down, but you only need a few buyers to get it up. Mm-hmm. And that's what you then see on a daily basis. And this is why... Trying to navigate a bear market can be quite um, can be quite difficult and very tricky. So you still remain pessimistic. Um, I'm, I've I've declared myself a cautious investor this year, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still cautious. Yes, um, I've actually uh, made remarkably very few changes to my portfolio this year. I, I, I've I've increased very quickly the the, the level of cash in my portfolio. Uh, to between thirty and forty percent, uh, it's still above, still above thirty percent now, and and I've and I've tried to um, stick with stocks with companies that I find um, are very unlikely to issue a profit warning, uh, even when the economic conditions deteriorate, and um, and true to my own analysis from from the past, I have, I have no cyclicals, uh, no commodities. Um, 
and and very few financials. So uh, issuing a profit warning. Yes. That's when a company comes out and says, "Look, yeah, we're yeah. going to miss targets." Not going to make it. Yeah. And when, what time of the year does that? Usually occurs. Um, that, that, that six monthly periods when they're reporting in Australia, the, for example? The, the official rule is that you, you have to notify the stock market um, uh, immediately if the, the aberration, if the difference is uh, uh, 15%, I believe, or more. Um, so if it's 14 and a half, you don't necessarily need to tell you to tell the, the, the share market. Mind you, that's pretty bad. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this is also why sometimes in reporting season, uh, they come out and they go like, ah, oh, it's, only, it's only 9% less or whatever. And the share price, price absolutely mm-hmm. tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you, what you usually get, because we don't have a quarterly reporting season in Australia, we have a six monthly. So mm-hmm. it's August, September, uh, August and, and, and February. And then usually the weeks leading into each, so we get July, June, July, and January are often the periods when when company, companies come out and go like, you know what, yeah, that forecast we gave last year, yeah, probably not going to make it. No, yeah? And that's confession season. That's confession season, exactly. They have to come up because also like often they need time to assess the numbers that come in. I mean, very few companies um, have a day to day exact view of what what they're doing mm. plus of course um uh, one day one month sometimes not always gives you the right the right picture i mean we have weaker periods we have stronger periods uh there's often a lot of a lot in play um new ceo old ceo ceo about to go um sometimes they just the other thing is that sometimes they keep on hoping that if it's if it's behind the the forecast that it catches up Mm-hmm. So, not surprisingly, they sometimes wait until the last month, and then they have to come out, and then you see sometimes with thirty percent behind forecast. Yeah? You go, like, how is that even possible? Yeah, yeah. and how then you not tell. Them and that's why sometimes the class yeah. actions come in because mm-hmm. uh, the investors go like, "Well, I'm really pissed off now. I'm yeah. losing money, yeah. and you knew this before." Yeah, and uh, yes, so it's, uh, it's uh, but then again. Um, you don't see that necessarily uh, in share prices, in valuations. Um, that's that's the uncertainties. And sometimes you're lucky and, and you and you pick that up yourself, or sometimes an analyst does. And and sometimes on occasion uh, you just don't. I mean that's that's why it's a it's 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 there's risk in investing in the share market. Well, there you go, listeners. When too much Rudy's never enough, <laughs> we've given you absolutely more. <laughs> Thanks very much again, Rudy. Again, my pleasure. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not shares for beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.